It's now time for the Billy C Show. Part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship Computer Game. Check it out. Visit BillyCBoxing.com and click on the banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by SouthernGourmetSpice.com. Uh, check that out, www.southerngourmetspice.com, the only place that I get my spices from. And today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. This very show, it is the Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder triple. It was the trifecta. Same old story. Uh, Tyson wins by a knockout, 11th round knockout, official time, 1 minute 10 seconds of the 11th round. What a fight. Uh, honestly, it was a great fight. I was impressed. I was impressed with with uh, with Wilder. I, I really was. I, I got to be honest. I was impressed with Wilder um, because in that first round, I said, oh, my God. You know, the whole comment from Malik Scott, I'm going to. Bring out everything in his toolbox. I figured he's had like a little teeny weeny little play toolbox because there's only one thing in it, and that's power. And that's all that was still in it. However, he did throw body shots. It was the first time I ever saw Deontay Wilder throw body shots, especially against Tyson Fury. And he looked good the first round. I thought he won easily. And I gave him the second round too because I thought it was a close round. And, of course, I gave him the fourth round when he dropped uh, Tyson Fury, not once but twice, but then every other round I gave to uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, Tyson Fury, uh, you know, he, he controlled the fight. Um, Wilder had no answer, zero, no, nada, no answer to the jab at all. Uh, it, it just, it was just nothing. There, there was absolutely no jab at all. And joining us right now, is my man Alex Papali? Uh, what's up, Alex? What'd you think? Good morning, Billy Spade. <laughs> hey, good. Hey, uh, you're right. It is good morning. It is good morning here in the East. It's uh, right about morning now where you are, right? You're from Chicago today, right? Yes, I am coming to Chicago. Okay. Well, no, it's uh, it's um, not even midnight here yet. Yeah, it is. It's three. Isn't it three minutes after? What do you want? Oh, two. One hour oh, or two. Long- it's one hour behind. Oh, so right. it's only eleven fifty-two. Oh, one hour behind. It's twelve fifty. Uh, whatever. What'd you think of the fight? Oh, it's eleven fifty-two here on my clock. So yeah, then it's uh, oh, it's almost midnight. So what do you? Uh, what'd you think? I really Brian? enjoyed it. I I thought it was a really good fight. I didn't think that. Um, I thought the announcing, of course, was a little much, but um, I. Uh, I really enjoyed the fight, and um, I think part of why it's so thrilling is that, um, you know, these guys are not the upper echelon of heavyweights um, that, you know, some of the pre-fight stuff was talking about, uh, you know, because I, I think as good as, De- as good as Tyson Fury is, and he is, no question, he's better, 
uh, than Deontay Wilder. I think that, uh, you know, he did get dropped, what, five times? <laughs> um, or no, Wilder got dropped five times. He got dropped, he got two more, two dropped two more times. So, yeah, and it did, it did look pretty scary there uh, in that uh, fourth round. But you're right. I, I pretty much had the, a similar score. Um, you know, Fury was in uh, rough shape there for a little bit. Uh, and it was interesting. How, you're, you're absolutely right. I thought that Wilder did um, use a much better toolbox. Uh, and yeah, his toolbox got a little larger. Um, and I think that uh, the body shots were beautiful. Uh, why he abandoned them, I don't really One get round. It. He gave it one round. Yeah, you know, and uh, uh, well, it I was. Think, I think maybe it, he was realizing that he's being kind of vulnerable, reaching for the body. I don't know, uh, and I think you're right. I mean, the same thing that be, was the problem in the previous two fights became the problem again. Just the jab and that overhand right. Zero, and, uh, zero answer. Deontay Wilder has zero answer for the jab. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, there, there's no question uh, about that. Uh, but joining us right now uh, is Dax Khan. What's up, Dax? Hey, what's up, fellas? Uh, hey, what would you think of the fight? That was a great fight. Um, the only thing that would really, in my opinion, hurt Deontay Wilder right now is if he made any sort of excuse. Because I think that despite all the nonsense and everything, he actually um, redeemed himself with the courage and the fact that he stood there, went toe-to-toe. He did not at any point in time look like he wanted to give up. He argued with the doctor to not stop that fight. He went out on his shield like he wanted to do in the first fight. So there's really um, nothing you can say about that. Yes, if Deontay Wilder, I believe, would have been able to carry on what he did in that first round for a couple more rounds, maybe things would have been a bit different. Um, or even if after he dropped Fury those two times and Deontay Wilder reverted back to what he did the first round, he might end up with stoppage. But overall, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think anybody, and I put this out on our, um, our Twitter feed, who would have ever thought three years ago, four years ago, probably the the most action-packed heavyweight fight of the decade was going to take place between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Well, not me. Uh, the one thing I do, uh, I've always maintained, Deontay Wilder, even though he did come out today in the first round, and it, it was impressive with, with the body work, and, and you're right, Alex, I, I don't know why he abandoned it. He seemed to be hitting Tyson Fury at will, um, but he ran out of gas quickly in the fight. Um, I, I mean, I made uh, I made some notes that, you know, by the fifth round, he was uh, displaying, at least in my opinion, fatigue. And it didn't, it didn't go away. He didn't seem to get the second wind. I mean, all nine announcers, that's how many there were, nine. You know, Brian Kenny, Lennox Lewis, Andre, or is he still Dre? Ward, you know, Kenny, uh, Kelly Abdu, uh, Max Kellerman, Sean Porter, Heidi Andrew, Bernardo Runsuma, and don't forget my man Larry Hazard, who incidentally, every time they put the score up, mine was like identical to his. Um, they said it was a stacked card for the 79 um, I don't know. I mean, on paper, I guess it was, but look at it this way. The first three fights, the total rounds scheduled were 30. We got to see 18 and 10 of them 
came in the last fight. What did you guys think of the card overall? Less than less than impressive. I mean, I, I, I had high hopes for the Ajagba fight. Um, I think it was interesting what we saw, but it certainly was not action-packed. Well, I, thought and, Sanchez, I thought Sanchez was impressive, though, Alex. Uh, oh, I agree with you. I, I thought in terms of, you know, seeing, you know, uh, Ajagba tested and not only tested but had no answers, you know, flunk a test, um, I think that that was, you know, definitely worthwhile and, and it was enjoyable to see. But in terms of action and money's getting your money's worth, it was not that. Um, it was so one-sided. And I think that that was one of the things that disappointed me was that there was a lot of times, and I, I guess this is what happens all the time now, is um, the like the lead announcer is also a salesman. And they're telling you something is better than it is. And at one point, that's what uh, Brian Kenny was like, this is high-level stuff. Yeah, but it's boring, Brian. Well, um, it was on paper, on, <laughs> the, the, the Jagba and Sanchez fight was good. Two young fighters coming up absolutely. fighting each other. Yeah. You know, but Dax, uh, Adam uh, Kowznowski, what happened to him? Uh, I mean, does Helenus yeah. just have his number? I mean, uh, uh, he wasn't in that fight from the min the first minute of the fight. Um, Let's be honest, you know, look, looking at my notes, and I, I said this before about... Um, Kalnacki is that he's fun to watch on a certain level, but after that, he's not really exciting. It's okay to be good on that certain local level. You know, Kalnacki is like a Broadway boxing type guy. He um, has the build of an Andy Ruiz Jr., but he doesn't have the pedigree or the skill set or the chin of an Andy Ruiz Jr. And in their first meeting, people thought Hellenius was past it. So, you know, Kalnacki, he, he just isn't durable. Um, he doesn't have a great chin. He has an incredible outpunch for a guy his build. He's a very undersized heavyweight. He's more like an oversized cruiserweight. And I don't mean that to be insulting. It's just he doesn't have the pedigree to be able to compete at this level with his size and his conditioning. And it happens. I'm just a little disappointed that he kind of took the... Um, the Andrew Galata route out of that fight, but considering that they rushed him to the hospital so um, so quickly, kind of um, instead of Galata bow with the low blows, you're kind of thinking Galata Tyson, where Galata just kind of quit in that fight and said, um, you know, I'm not going to continue. I remember Duva was was yelling and screaming at him, talking about you're embarrassing yourself, and later on turned out that Galata actually had something seriously wrong with him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that that was one of the things about that fight was that he he knew he was getting battered, and he was. I was a little surprised it took so long for the ring doctor to come. I, in I was just going to say, Alex, because I yeah, mean, he he, was, he 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 was he his corner. What about his corner? His uh, corner should have yeah, realized that he was having trouble seeing out of his eye. I, they didn't do him any favors. Yeah, and th and that was the other thing is that I agree with Dax that it was one of those things where he decided, look, I, I want out of this and I don't want to go out uh, knocked out. I just want out. And, you know, the low blows is the uh, is sort of the the gentleman's equivalent to running across there and biting off a piece of his ear and eating it. Um, so I, I, I think in that sense we got to be thankful i guess um but you're right i mean it was one of those things that he he got the hellenius beat out of him um <laughs> yeah. so I, I do think that um it's it's a weird time that we're living in because who would have thunk that robert hellenius now is sort of 
in, injected into the heavyweight picture. I still but think I, I, I thought I heard them say that now he's a mandatory for use. Yeah, for the WBA belt. But listen, I still think the heavyweight that the the top heavyweights are still the same guys. You know, yeah. you, even with the losses, you know, I, of course, Tyson Fury uh, sits at number one. And and I still th and Usyk now has to be uh, number two. I would love to see those two guys fight. We probably won't see it for a while. Um, but I, I think that AJ and Deontay are still those three and four. I, who are you going to put in front of them? I and, mean, and wouldn't that be a fun fight, Joshua versus Wilder? Well, that that fight is a money fight. That that should be the fight. That should yeah. be the the next fight. And I think that Wilder has every chance of knocking out Joshua. Um, because it, I, I think Joshua's chin is, is suspect. Uh, but uh, speaking of Wilder, let, let's go back to the fight, Dax. Um, Deontay Wilder, uh, somebody in the, in the chat room just said that he looked concussed. I, I do, you know, I, I think Deontay Wilder's, he clearly showed heart in this fight, um, but too much. Because what I mean by that was, I, you know, I, he's not going to be the same fighter. He, he left something in the ring le tonight. Um, he, he did seem out of, out of whack. His arms were down. It was amazing that he was able to muster up some power shots. I, I think he was out, really. I knew that this fight was going to end in a knockout uh, by the fifth round. It just, I could see it in Wilder. Uh, he had no, he, he didn't have anything else left. In it. There was nothing in that toolbox. I'm telling you, there was nothing in there. What'd you think, Dax? I had made a comment on social media that this was a, um, by the fifth round was kind of like a poor man's Lennox Lewis uh, Vitali Klitschko where they were both really tired and they started getting sloppy but uh, Tyson Fury had a little bit more in his gas tank Deontay Wilder and I believe it really hurt him to add on that muscle Deontay Wilder remember the last time the excuse was that 40 pound suit and the extra weight that he put on. So this time he comes in at a career high with extra muscle. There's a lot of people on social media who wanted to debate with me, and I just, you know, decided, you know, I'm not even going to debate with them. I actually blocked them on our account because you're taught in even high school that, you know, it takes more oxygen to feed muscle than it does even fat. So why would you add that much onto you knowing that you're going to have a guy that's even bigger that's going to consistently come at you and has quite a bit of stamina and you're going to lose flexibility and you're going to lose a lot of your mobility that you already had limited amounts of. So I think that was a, um, a bad game plan. Deontay Wilder, all the weightlifting in the world wasn't going to make him hit any harder. Listen, if, it, if it, that makes sense. It goes back to the, to the same stuff I've been saying about Deontay Wilder from day one. He's a one trick pony. That, I mean, that's the end of story. That's why the fans like him. He's exciting. He, you know, I mean, we want to see him. We want to see him knock people out. That's what that's what people pay to see him for. And you know what? He tried his damnedest. He just doesn't have the skill set. He doesn't. He can't defend himself. Once he gets shot, I mean, I, look, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. He had no answer, zero, for the jab. Couldn't get out of the way of it. Tyson Fury, his corner saying, just throw the jab. Tyson Fury was going for that knockout, but if he just stood there behind his jab, he would have knocked the crap out of Wilder anyway. The jab was getting in and hurting. I thought that the jabs were stinging Wilder uh, more. I mean, obviously, he would come back with the right hands, and those uppercuts were sneaking in all night. Um, and, and I think at some times, even the, even 
uh, all uh, nine announcers missed the uppercuts. I thought they were getting in there pretty well. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things about this that it, in a we it's a, in a weird way, this has been a sort of a one-sided trilogy with flashes of brilliance from the guy who is really the the lesser fighter in Deontay Wilder. And I think that's one of the reasons, and it speaks volumes about power and his explosiveness, because you could change everything so quickly and everybody's sort of waiting for that. And and to his credit, he definitely followed a, more of a game plan under Malik Scott uh, tonight than he has in the past. Maybe did he? if you go back, I think he did. I mean, he definitely looked better than he did the last time. Um, but, you know, again, I think that he is is always going to come up short against Tyson Fury because I think Tyson Fury is just more skilled. Um, I think one of the things that I was just overjoyed to see and it was just amazing was that clip of Emmanuel Stewart. That was amazing that he called this nine, before, nine years before this happened. Um, that was pretty cool um, because he did show you that he was able to see stuff that the every every even big boxing fans don't see um and that's pretty amazing uh and it was it was a great clip of all the tediousness of waiting for these guys i feel like part of me will never stop waiting for them to start that fight um but uh that was really worth watching uh that emmanuel stewart thing hey dax round four uh uh deontay wilder dropped Tyson Fury, not once but twice. On my scorecard, I had given Wilder the first two rounds. And uh, then, of course, I gave round three to to Fury. He dropped uh, Wilder in that round. Um, But then Wilder comes back and drops him twice. Um, What's your thoughts on that? And do you think Tyson Fury was really hurt? Um, You know, at at one point I thought he was, then I thought maybe he wasn't. What's your thoughts? Yeah, and again, um, that's why I say because you know on fight nights, you know for everybody that's listening and likes to get want to get mad at Billy about certain comments, you know I'm the one that's on our Twitter account on fight nights. So, but um, I did mention on there I said Tyson Fury looked more exhausted, you know, more tired than he did hurt in that second knockdown because he kind of gave a look of, you know, kind of made frumped his face a little bit and rolled his eyes and you know took a second you know to get up more or less it was kind of like all right i'm down i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna take my time and then i'll get back up and but um he definitely did not look like he was you know out on his feet it wasn't like you know he barely made it back to his corner and you know they had to in between rounds throw ice in inside his shorts and you know do everything they possibly could to rejuvenate him well i'll tell you one thing uh, they didn't seem like they were you know uh, in the corner, at least, uh, obviously. They didn't seem like they were, you know, trying to see. I, I don't think he had his faculties back for the rest of the fight, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I the, the, the actions that I see Deontay, and I saw it in the previous fight uh, against Tyson Fury. I mean, you start jabbing the guy. he All of a sudden, he just becomes a deer in headlights. And then it's a matter of time before you stop him. You connect with him, and, and he doesn't seem to be able to 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 stand the punch he gets up but i i don't know I, to me his eyes were glass and he was it was going in automatic that's why he didn't do anything else after that first round 
uh, because I, I think he got into that. I'm going to knock him out with my only tool, my my power right hand. And to his credit, he still he still had the power even when he was hurt. I, I didn't think. I think uh, more to Dax's point that to me he and my brother. That was one of the pleasures of coming out here to Chicago. Is I got to watch the fight with my brother and. We've seen so many great fights together that this was really this was fun, um, but uh, I, I agree with Dax that I think that um, I think the, the fatigue. I thought he was more fatigued than he was concussed, at least up until maybe you know maybe the seventh or eighth round. Then he definitely it was just a matter of time before he landed that really really big shot. And in a way, you got to think that that cold cocked uh, Deontay Wilder. That's what Mark Breland was trying to prevent uh, last time. Um, but I do think that um, what Dax was saying, it's that extra muscle, extra muscle. You, you, it doesn't help you in a fight like this. Boxing is an endurance sport. Um, it's not a, you know, just raw power. Um, and not even, not only that, but he made a big deal about bench pressing. Bench pressing is not even the right movement for boxing because you're not lying on your back pushing something up um you're standing with an opponent um so i don't know but you know whatever uh i have a feeling that for whatever reason they thought the bench pressing was going to benefit them in terms of when fury comes in and mauls him that he would be able to shove him off him and that would give him the strength when i was saying about the the fatigue I was talking about Fury in the fourth round. When you um, you look at him again, when you go back and you look at that fight, Fury didn't seem hurt. He kind of just seemed like he was a little bit tired and he was just going to wait the round out and he wasn't going to give Deontay Wilder a chance to knock him down a third time. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, in, in terms of Deontay Wilder, um, that video of him and Lennox Lewis meeting by chance had been circulating over the last few days where Lennox was trying to show him how to keep the jab a little bit extended so you, um, you get um, a faster reach and a faster pullback and, and um, you're able to uh, bring it back up for defense quicker and I have been very vocal in saying imagine if Deontay Wilder would have just developed the Mark Breland jab he has that Mark Breland build and imagine you know in this fight let's just say because he has the Tommy Hearns build. He has the Mark Breland build. Imagine him with the legs of Tommy Hearns moving around like Tommy Hearns moved around in the Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard one fight and Tyson Fury coming in and Deontay Wilder catching him with those big right hands and then moving before Deontay Wilder, before Tyson Fury rather, is able to pin Deontay Wilder on the ropes. But, you know, I honestly think that Deontay Wilder would be almost unbeatable because he'd be almost untouchable. Exactly. Now, listen, we said it uh, when Wilder first hit the scene. Nobody, they relied so much on, first of all, they hand fed him uh, very easy opposition. Let's be real. They were, they were, including Malik Scott, who laid down for him in that uh, half a first round or something knockout, whatever it was. Um, but he never, he never got better. And because all of the yes men in his ear, he went in and did the one thing, the power. Even if he started uh, trying to learn, he, he displayed the jab against the Vern. Then I didn't see the jab again. He displayed body work tonight. I had never seen him. Uh, display the bodywork that he incorporated in the first round. But then he goes back to 
anything that comes automatic. It's a natural thing. His automatic is to rely on that right hand, and it saved him in every fight well, but, but, but two, you know. Right, and also, but to his credit tonight, I think he also showed a lot of mental toughness because um, he could have, you know, caved in a lot earlier. He definitely was up for this fight. Um, so I got to give him credit for that. I'm I'm surprised that he did as well as he did. Um, not that, you know, to make him into like, you know, and that was another thing about Brian Kenny was like comparing it to Ali Frazier. Please stop. Ah, they were trying but, to do what they could. There's no Ollie Frazier. Yeah, I mean, this this, this, I, I this wasn't Bo Holyfield, right? Very good point. Yeah, I mean, but I do think that it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, it, it was um, it was worth the wait, uh, you know, pretty much. Um, but I do think that um, I am looking forward to seeing Fury versus Usyk. I'd, I'd definitely like to see how that shakes out. Um, I do think one of the things my brother pointed out, Dax, is that. I, I liked watching that clip too of Lennox Lewis showing Wilder that, but the thing that um, noticed was that it was Fury doing it. There was a few times that Fury did exactly that, and it shouldn't be surprising because who's Fury got in his corner? Sugar Hill, um, who has that Kronk connection as well, and I and I do think that you know um, that's why he's always going to beat. Deontay Wilder. He just has more skill. Hey, speaking of the Kronk connection, that's an amazing story in itself, if you think about it. Let's be real. My knock on Tyson Fury has been, for a man his size, and I've said this, for a man his size, he's, size he doesn't seem to, to, to uh, have that power punch until he went with Kronk. Now, all of a sudden, he's, he's oh, destroying yeah. people. Now, they, I've they, also... I've punched I, through the target. I've also said that Deontay Wilder, I have said from day one, has a suspect chin, which he does, but he stayed on his feet. You know, um, I, I, I tell you, it was a rough fight for Russell Mora. I'll tell you, I never saw... that. This guy, did you hear what... Like, he's, like, keeping him away, and at one point, he's going, Thank you! Thank you. He's like, you know, I was I was starting to get into because I'm waiting up and he's he's like, you know, yelling at them all, uh, all time. I just, it was fun to watch the struggles of him. He was, I bet you, he sleeps good tonight. Oh, yeah, Russell, Russell Moore. When I heard he got the assignment, I cringe. I, I don't like Russell Moore as a referee. Um, I think Tony Weeks should be the referee for all heavyweight fights because Tony Weeks is a good referee and is a big guy who's able to separate them. But in terms of um, Tyson Fury, and I tell the story to a lot of people, and I'm surprised how many boxing people don't realize this, and especially because Alex, you had mentioned Emmanuel Stewart before Peter Fury in that. In, Tyson came here when he was very young, before Tyson Fury ever punched himself in the face, and he spent time at Kronk Gym because he was enamored with Kronk and all the great things that came out of there. And Manny Stewart said, that's going to be a future world champion before Tyson Fury went back to the UK and before he even had that series of fights with Derek Chisora. And so that style, and I mentioned that on the show here before, remember, Lennox Lewis at 6'5 was... Two to three inches bigger than most of his opponents. Twenty pounds heavier, thirty pounds heavier. Same thing with Tyson Fury and six foot six and six foot seven guys. And the important thing about that style is because they are so big, it doesn't matter if you are muscular or not. You need to be able to set the pace, and that is what is 
more or less allowed Lennox Lewis and Vladimir Klitschko to be so dominant is that they were able to use that extra size and they were able to set the pace against guys that were faster, more mobile, and maybe guys that might have even hit harder. They were able to, you know, smother them. It wasn't always the most beautiful thing to watch, but it was definitely the most effective style. It's something that a guy like Nikolai Vulev, because he was so uncoordinated, wouldn't have been able to do. But somebody like, you know, um, Klitschko, as we know, for 10 years, Lennox Lewis, and now um, Tyson Fury is able to do. It's going to be interesting to see if Tyson Fury is able to do that against somebody like a Yusek, who is constantly turning him and turning him and turning him, and he's not able to pin down. Mm. How can Tyson Fury... So here's, here's a question. We know what Deontay Wilder would need to do should he want to, you know, uh, come back and 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 win big fights again. I mean, obviously, we said earlier he's a great big money fight for him would be against Anthony Joshua. I think uh, that would be a big demand for that fight, and should he win that, he would get another world title shot. I'm sure. But with that said, we know what he would need to do. He'd have to go and and start working on. Some of the other, first of all, buy some tools to put in that toolbox, uh, trade in the little Barbie toolbox uh, and uh, and maybe get uh, one that can fit a couple of tools, you know, try to try to bring those out and uh, and win. But the question is, can Tyson Fury do anything to get better? I mean, this this guy in, in the Wilder trilogy alone, I think he's proved a lot to us. Um, I, I've been a Tyson Fury fan since day one. I, we, we, we had a listener that turned me on to him years ago when he first started. I watched every single fight. They brought them over, and he was a, a work in progress. At one point, he couldn't fight guys smaller than him. Uh, he would take his jab up too high. I remember uh, we talked about it on the show. Um, and, and he seemingly has corrected those things. And, and today we saw uh, Tyson Fury fight a great fight we saw him fight three great fights with with Deontay Wilder my, my question is can he get better are, are there things that that he would need to do or can do that would actually k- kick it up a notch I mean he is only 33 years old uh what do you guys think Dax I think that for him to get better he would need to one tighten up his physique a little bit um, add a little bit more stamina because there are a lot of other guys out there that are six foot seven, six foot eight, that are um, more skilled than Deontay Wilder and they're more mobile than Deontay Wilder. And also, Tyson Fury, as we know already from his history, from the time he defeated Vladimir Klitschko, Tyson Fury has a little bit of a like for the party life. And so he needs to stay away from that if he expects to stay on top. But you're right. He's young. In terms of boxing ability, I really don't think there's much else that he needs to correct. His chin is proven despite all the thoughts that we believed multiple, you know, millions of us believed due to the Steve Cunningham knockdown that he wouldn't be able to take a punch from, a, from a, you know, a huge heavyweight, which obviously now we know that um, Tyson Fury, not only can he take a punch, his recuperative powers are amazing. So really, at this point in time, the only person that can beat Tyson Fury is Tyson Fury, if you know what I, if you know what I mean by that. The only way for Tyson Fury to be defeated is for Tyson Fury to lose discipline. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that, like what Dak said, that I think that those two things sort of uh, increases endurance and maybe, you know, chisel. It, clearly, 
what he looks like physically doesn't matter. Um, he's proven that emphatically. However, a, the guys that are remaining at the top are much more mobile. So he is going to want to be more fit. But they're not uh, as big. Nobody's right, as big as, as him. Yeah, and that's why. Uh, but I think the movement of Usyk is going to be problematic. Um, so yeah, a little endurance. This is an endurance sport. Uh, it can't hurt. As good but as I think, in terms of skills, yeah, he he's 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 the one. Look, I've so become a Usyk fan. I was impressed that he beat AJ. All right, but I believe I'm more impressed. E even though I said all along that we didn't need to see a third fight. And I said all along that I thought Fury would beat Deontay Wilder again and again and again if he fought him 10 more times. But after tonight's fight and the nature of how it started and how it ended, I, I got to believe, and no disrespect to Usyk, I got to believe that Tyson Fury beats Usyk because, number one, he's got boxing ability. Uh, so does Usyk, of course. But I think it will boil down to the, to the size. And I just think that Usyk, he did well against AJ. AJ let him do well. The times that AJ uh, was getting to Usyk is when he was uh, aggressive and started letting his hands go. I think Tyson Fury will do that from the get-go and get Usyk to be moving backwards. And once that happens, it's all Fury. Something interesting about the post-fight with Joshua after the Usyk is instead of excuses, he admitted that he became enamored with his own power, which, you know, um, I have to give him a lot of credit for because when he does want to box, he does have a enormous skill set. You know, he is an Olympic gold medalist for a reason. So, but um, that put aside, going back to Kronk, Bill, one of our, matter of fact, our very first conversation that you started was about who's your favorite heavyweight. And I mentioned Lennox Lewis. And I thought you were going to have an aneurysm right then and there, right inside Foxwoods. But the interesting thing about Lennox Lewis and Vladimir Klitschko, and this is something I debated with somebody when they asked me who the winner of this fight would be. And I mentioned how the Kronk style is going to be what plays a role in deciding how this turns out. Lennox Lewis and Vladimir Klitschko at 247 pounds were total different fighters than they were at 245 pounds. If you notice, just a couple pounds with that style, for whatever reason, turn them into total different fighters. If, if you go and you look back on the losses, and it was literally just a couple pounds, the thing about Fury is 20 and 30 pounds doesn't seem to even matter to him. Hey, speaking of pounds, I put on extra pounds every time I uh, use Kenny Bear's uh, barbecue rub. Check it out, southerngourmetspice.com. And uh, thank God, I, I was starting, I've told you guys, I put it on everything. I jones out on it, and uh, I was getting low, you know, and I, I was nicely uh, hinting around, and, and I finally got, uh, my, my supply came the other day. I got the goods. But my new favorite, okay, Kenny Bear's is good, but my new favorite, uh, is the Ken, uh, Kenny Bears uh, blackened, the Cajun blackened uh, spice, which I, I just, I, I love it. Get yourself a bottle. Tell them Billy C sent you. And speaking of uh, uh, southerngourmetspice.com, uh, joining us uh, right now uh, is my man, uh, John Muskiunas. John, what'd you think of the fight tonight? I don't know, but I do that Southern Gourmet Spice website, and tonight I had Kenny Bears 
uh, blackened seasoning on a piece of fish that I barbecued out on the grill. So my man Kenny's getting it done. Let me tell you something, what I thought. Uh, that was the most excitement I have had at a heavyweight championship fight uh, watching it on TV other than the time I was watching um, Tyson Holyfield uh, 2 in the MGM Grand, but on TV, Bo Holyfield 3. That's the that's I had the exact flashback to that fight watching this tonight. Now look at um, Deontay Wilder is not nearly as good a fighter. He's I don't even know if he's in the same league, maybe. But the dude showed heart. I'm I'm hoarse because I was screaming and yelling when he came back in the fourth round, and I just said I don't give a crap what happens from after this fourth round. But Wilder came back and 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 said. I'm going to try to win this fight with just one punch or whatever. Gotti Ward, all those kind of guys. And, and look at, unfortunately, on the medical side, um, you know, I am afraid that we're going to be seeing Deontay Wilder slurring in 2028 his speech. I agree 100%. And uh, that, is, that is the fight right there. Where you know when um, Meldrick Taylor got hit by Chavez, and and I was in the car with Meldrick Taylor, I don't know how many years later, it must have been like 2001 or two, and we picked him up in the airport. I had to go in the airport and get him. He was, I, I mean, he was. I don't even know if he was 40 years old, and he didn't know where he was, and I had to pick him up and get him back to the car, and he didn't know what city he was in, and he was 42 years old. Uh, that that fight tonight as great as it was for us to watch might be that fight for Deontay Wilder. And I hope it is. And I hope he, he wakes up and he, from the concussion, but the beating he just took was epically bad. It could have been from the last fight because he took the similar beating. And, and the thing is, is that his shot of winning the fight, I, I gave him a lot of credit for round one. The body work was impressive. Uh, round two was close. I did give it to Wilder. I could see it going the other way. Uh, round three, when when Fury dropped Wilder, I yep. said, "Okay, it's the beginning Thought of the end." Over. I, th I yep. said, "It's the beginning of the end for Wilder," yep. and he comes back and drops Tyson Fury twice. After that round, when in round five, he looked tired and he was never the same. And I think that even though he was landing some of those right hands, fellas, I don't think they had the pop on him that they had. Uh, for, from the first four rounds, Billy, I think Billy, from the he was, fifth he round was out on. on his he was out on his feet after the fourth round. Wilder was he, from you've exhaustion. Seen those, you've seen those fighters that fight out on their feet way past you know when somebody should have. And there's no way they were going to stop that fight. I mean, mercifully, you know, he stopped it as soon as he went down there in the eleventh. Um, but wow, you know, like. Uh, if, if I'm, you know, Deontay Wilder is going to fight a ton more. He's going to fight probably way past when he should fight. Um, I, I hope he's got a ton of money. He looks like he's got a nice wife and a family and stuff. And boy, if somebody could get a hold of him and tell him to retire right now. One fight. I, I, I think he's got one fight that will make him a ton of money and win, lose, or draw, he should walk away. Because I do agree that it probably is the smartest thing for him right now to oh, walk away. I'm sure his bank great. account is, is full. But the one fight, AJ, 
has to be a big, huge money fight. And I think he's got a good chance of beating him. Yeah, he's not going to get hurt in the AJ fight. That's the fight he's not going to get hurt in. But I don't think that's going to happen the way this is going. Let me tell you something. I told you this before, Billy. AJ is the millennial Frank Bruno. That's what yeah. he is, man. It could be. Yeah, I hate to say it. Frank Bruno. I hate to same say it because I like body, him. Body, same Shit, you know the only thing missing is him blessing himself twenty-one times before he's walking in the 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 second Mike Tyson fight. That's what that's what AJ is, man. No, after after, after the right. Andy Ruiz Jr. fight, I said that um, I said on our social media feed is Anthony Joshua going to be the next Lennox Lewis or is he going to be the next Frank Bruno? He's Frank and, Bruno. And, John, it's interesting that you brought up Meldrick Taylor because Teddy Atlas was actually on Twitter, and Teddy Atlas isn't on Twitter that often. And that was the comment that Teddy made in the um, seventh round that Deontay Wilder looks just like Meldrick Taylor in the eighth round of the Chavez fight. That's what he looks like, man. I watched that fight a million, and I digitized it like 20 different versions of it when I was doing Don King's library. And when you look at Meldrick Taylor's eyes, and, I, and I'm telling you, I never forget. I tell you, I remember more him getting in that – Chevy Astro van with that guy. I think it was in um, St. Louis we were in, and, he, and Don flew him to a fight. And he got in, and he was mumbling. And I said, "Oh God, man!" And and Meldrick Taylor was a great fight, great fighter, and you know, great fighter it was really good. I mean, hey, he was he was I, that close to to, to beating Shaw. I want to interrupt you guys for a second because somebody just made a comment in the chat room, and they made a comment about it during the broadcast, and it was totally wrong when they said it was a slow count. You know, don't they realize that the referee picks up the count, and if he's yelling at somebody or telling them to go back in the corner, the timekeeper's keeping up the count. So if if it would have reached ten, they would have they would have hit the bell. There there was not. I I I disagree. What do you guys think? No, I don't think it was a slow count. And also, I will say this: that you know what, for the people in here talking about bum squad. Don't watch the sport because Deontay Wilder, as we know, may not be the most skilled, but he showed tonight he is no bum. He went out there and did something that I promise you would not do. And I train fighters, and I have a fighter on Team USA. And at any point in time you want to show you're not a bum, come down to 421 Washington Avenue in Newburgh, New York, and I'll put you in there with my fighter from Team USA, and I'll put them in there with 16-ounce gloves, and you can wear 8-ounce gloves and no headgear, and I guarantee you that 14-year-old makes you feel like a bum. I'll tell you right now, Alex Papali's training, so everybody better watch out. (laughs) Get him on notice, but but the truth is you can't. I'm just, I'm no, just, I'm I hear really, you. I just, no, these I know. Fans I, that do this, listen, they, they drive me nuts. Listen, I I hear it all the time. You know when somebody gets on and they're like, "Oh, you don't know boxing." You know, it's like, come on. You know, it's like funny. It's the same thing with with uh, Deontay Wilder. You get a lot of that uh, with with his fan base. But the truth of the matter is, is it, things haven't changed with him. He, tonight he proved that he had heart. Um, I, I think some of the pop was off his punches. I, I do think he landed shots, but he, because of the lack of skill set, uh, Tyson Fury did what he wanted. I, the, the, being a little greedy to, for the knockout, I think Tyson Fury would have had it made the night even easier for himself if he would have thrown the jab more. I, I, I really do, you know. And, hey, Billy, did you do you get the feeling? You know, I had the volume cranked up, and my buddy Mark was—he was driving Uber all night, so he was sleeping on the couch till the fourth round happened. Then I started yelling. My wife woke up, and he woke up, and the dog woke up. But shit, man, I had the volume up on that, and 
boy, I just got this overwhelming feeling that Tyson Fury is an overwhelming heavyweight, man. He just overwhelms these guys. He's making, you know, I'm looking at at, at Wilder, who's six seven, and put two thirty eight, and he's got big arms, and 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 he just overwhelmed him, and he just doesn't overwhelm him by swarming him. He's overwhelming him with punches and elbows, and he's pushing him around. And I go, wow, you know, Tyson Fury is an overwhelming. He doesn't, you don't look like these guys, but he's overwhelming with his presence and what he needs to do. I I just got this feeling there. Like seventh, eighth, and ninth rounds, I go, God, Wilder's never going to win this fight. There's no way this guy is too big and too overwhelming with his punches and the stuff that he does. It should he's be. Cra he's a crafty guy. It, you know, and, and Dax, you know, you talk about training the kids and stuff. Th this should be a lesson to all young fighters to not, you know, it's so hard to do because you're young and everything. You know, do you know, you know, Mark Twain said it best: "Too bad youth is wasted on the young." And and what happens? And it happened with Deontay Wilder. You know, he had a pop. He had that power. And you know, they feed him these guys, and he never developed the rest of the skill set. And I think that the wrong people <clears throat> were around him. They were a lot of yes men. And they built him up like that. And it's hard. Once you're 30 years old and you've been doing it for 10, 12 years like he has or, or even more, um, it's hard to, to teach an old dog new tricks. It really is. Or, or the discipline factor. I think, uh, uh, I think Dax, you, you mentioned the discipline earlier. And, and so I, I give him credit for the heart. I give him credit for trying uh, to, to come in and do what he did in the first round. I just think the lack of skill set was the difference and i think on the other side of the ring tyson fury seems to be kicking it up a notch his ring iq uh, you know if people don't recognize tyson fury's ring iq then you don't know boxing you know i, I mean come on he's a smart guy right there was people that uh were trying to race bait um matter of fact in michelle rosado the raging babe who we know is great um Yesterday, she had to block dozens of people. They were calling her all kinds of slurs because she didn't pick who they wanted to. But in terms of um, John made a great point, you know, we have all been around and boxers, whether or not, you know, it's training bill, you manage fighters. We've worked for sanctioned bodies. We've worked for promoters. These people who make these comments, they don't know what it's like to be around these fighters who have went in there, as John stated clearly what it was like with Meldrick Taylor, um, sitting down having a conversation with Leon Spinks after everything that they've sacrificed in the ring. You know, we've seen that, and a lot of other fighters and fans or people involved in the sport have seen that. And until you actually see what somebody at 40 years old who at no point in time should have anything wrong with them has sacrificed so much inside that ring and they have trained so hard and their body just even without taking punches what they've done the average person couldn't do it i mean that's why it really is one in a million whether or not you are on the bottom level whether or not you're a world champion so to sit there and degrade these people it's one thing to talk about as a fan but or as, you know, criticize the performance or the skill set. But, you know, to degrade these people and see some people actually gloat at these guys getting knocked out and getting hurt and being in the hospital and make memes of them, you know, that's – try it for yourself. It's 2021. That's what they do. Everybody's a badass when they hide behind a computer. Hey, okay, well, let's – let's. One thing, one thing I think that we should remember about Deontay Wilder, that what he did was very impressive, is that um, – he had been dropped 
And then in the next round, he comes back to drop his opponent twice. There's so many. You, Mike Tyson never did that um, to get off the de deck and then hurt the other guy. Now, granted, you know, he didn't end up winning, um, but that's pretty significant. And that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why when they went to Max Kell Kellerman, he was like, that's sensational what yes. we just saw. But that's him in automatic mode. And and that he's using. Yeah, but still I, no, no, still no, no. Massive I, credit I, I, for that. I do. And, I, and I, I agree. And I tell you one thing about it is that it does make you wonder, was that because Tyson Fury just had slips uh, in, um, you know, he th was overconfident or whatever? Yeah. Or was it was it the layoff? Was it? No, it was it was COVID. It, I think you know, it was COVID nineteen twice. Yeah, what that's said. what he said. Yeah, I I I think he 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 got caught and and he still wasn't recovered. That was the end. Uh, uh, the reason why he got dropped twice. But all right, let let's talk well, about. I, if I, if I just interrupt for one second, I think that's one of the other things. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> um, one of the other Christ. things too that to to what what John was saying about and, and Dax about in terms of that that sort of Melvin Taylor situation. I think that's what was the tragic thing that in the Abdul Salama fight uh, was that you had a guy who was getting clobbered, but he hit so hard and he had won other fights with it in explosive fashion. So. There's this desire. Well, let's let it go because he could change this fight at any time. And we should remember that, okay, that's possible. But in the meantime, he's getting hit again and again and again in the head. And somebody needs to be keeping track of that. Well, I, you know, you, like, like we, we always say, the corner is that, that first line of defense. It's up to them. These, and Dax said it a million times. The corners are awfully tough. You know, they're awfully tough in there. But uh, all right, so let's look at it this way. You got, uh, you know, uh, these heavyweights right now. So let's assume uh, the top two, uh, of course, people are going to want to see Fury against Usyk. Okay, so now um, let's assume that the, the fight I, I think makes the most sense is AJ against Wilder. Um, so how do you guys think that fight would go? How, how do you think AJ and Wilder would go, John? Um. I think Wilder uh, hits him once and AJ breaks down. I think it, let, let me tell you something. Uh, you know, Wilder is not Tyson, but he hits like Tyson. And I think AJ is like Frank Bruno when he gets hit. That six foot six dude with muscles crumbles like a little girl, just like he did when a fat guy hit him. Okay, crumbled like a little girl. You mean that's what Ruiz? happens in that fight, and that's a great that's a great fight to for for Deontay Wilder to take. Take it, put twenty five million dollars in the bank, kick his ass, and go home. Right, that's and and think. hang it up, Alex. What yep. do you think? Would be great. I'd love to see it. Um, I think I think I would favor Wilder. Uh, I do think Josh was more skilled, but I think that's the thing about it. Like like John just alluded to that if. Um, Joshua makes a mistake, which at some point he will. He's going to get caught, and then he's it's going to be all over. Dax, what do you think? I think that if Deontay Wilder did for three rounds what he did in the first round of this fight, Anthony Joshua might not make it past the second round. You know, I, I, first of all, if he would have done what he did in the first round, the Tyson Fury for, for five, six rounds, 
we may be talking about a different conclusion, but that that's neither here nor there at this stage. But in my opinion, I, I think I agree with you guys. I do believe Wilder can beat AJ as much as uh, I, I, I am an AJ fan. I, I've made uh, uh, no qualms about that. The question would, would fall on AJ would be this. Could he rely on his boxing skill? Because I think all of us agree that he has the superior boxing skill. He's got a way bigger toolbox than Deontay's got. And uh, the thing is, is could he be disciplined and, and do like Tyson did? You know, uh, establish the jab. We all see. I'm, I'm telling you, Wilder has zero answer for the jab. Can, can AJ uh, keep his hand up to protect himself from the right hand, establish the jab, and try to let Deontay wear himself down? Because that's what happens with Deontay. Throwing those uh, home run punches and not connecting uh, wears him down. And I, I, I don't know. I, that's why I want to see this fight. I do believe Deontay could stop him, but I think that that AJ has the skill, and if he can put it all together and, and not, you know, have these off nights the way they describe it, um, I think he could come out victorious. So the the next fight uh, would be. I, I, I think he can do it just one twos. Now, just to I know you're the host, and this is talking about from Billy C, but I would really just love to hear everybody's opinion of Jared Anderson. I think he's too yeah, small. Yeah, he was impressive. I think he's too small. I, I, I mean, yeah, he was impressive against a, a, a you know, who knows how good Vladimir um, Terrace against was. A, a what looked like part polar bear. That was uh, an enormous human being. Well, when he was when he got stung, <laughs> he got stung. I mean, they should have actually stopped yeah. that a, a, a couple of punches before. I but so I think too, he yeah. might be too small. Uh, well, you don't think he's too small, Dex? I think. How old is he? He's in his early 20s, right? I think 20. 20 or 21. Okay, 20, 21. He might get an inch or two bit taller because males stop growing around 25. Um, that's why we always see these fighters start off at like featherweight and they end up at welterweight because the bone mass stops growing at 25. So I think he'll probably fill out to about six foot five, six foot five and a half. I think he's going to add another 20 something pounds to him. And I do believe that if he gets better and Tyson Fury has nothing but great things to say about him. Matter of fact, he was one of Tyson Fury's chief sparring partners and looking at the condition that he's in, I would like to see this kid move up and develop because like you said, he's 20 by time he's 30, which over the last two decades, Remember, heavyweights haven't hit their prime until after they were 30. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on them. But uh, Tyson... And Frank Chance, is, is it just me, or did Frank Sanchez look just slightly older than Luis Ortiz, even though he's only 29? <laughs> I tell you, I, I don't know. Frank, Chan, San, Frank Sanchez impressed me. There's the guy I want to yeah, see again. There's the yeah. guy I want to see again. Uh, he reminded me of a young Tim Witherspoon, but that was just me. You know, I, I thought he had quick hands. He was smart. Um, he fought a smart fight. He fought to win the fight. He didn't make any stupid mistakes. I, I, I liked uh, Sanchez, and, and I know all the hoopla uh, was was around his opponent. Um, yeah, yeah but my point is, all these Cuban fighters, they look like they're 20 years older than what they really are. Well, whatever. They perform yeah. like they're 20 years old. But the, <laughs> but the other fight, Fury uh, now against Usyk. I, because, you know, obviously they're both going to uh, get hit with mandatories. Usyk has already got a mandatory in, in Helenas, apparently. But uh, 
Um, I see that as an intriguing fight. The, the big question is they're both skilled, um, but can Usyk overcome that size difference? John, what do you think? Oh, man. See, I just was thinking that like just a minute ago when you guys were talking about stuff. By the way, I would love to see Tyson Fury fight Tom Molyneux in about 1812. Man, <laughs> go like 65 rounds. Three, ti- three times his size. Thinking about that, that book. Wow, that would be great. I think Fury would have done very well in that era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's he's really maybe he's that time traveler I read about all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know. But but, but uh, look at uh, that. Um, I'll tell you something. I was looking at our, you know, I was thinking about our fighter there, our Russian fighter that we had at DKP, and um, he never never really used his his size advantage to really. He didn't know how to fight either. You're talking about the giant, right? Y- yeah, Valuev, yeah, was, uh, Nikolai was, Valuev. Yeah, value. I was I was at a at Don King's Christmas party, and he sat next to me by himself. He was like just sitting there by himself, he didn't even speak English or anything. And then he stood up, and I go, "Holy crap!" Man. <laughs> I, like it was ridiculous I, the picture I took my dude, wife and I. I, I met him in an elevator. We we had to take uh, we had to take the the service elevator in Denmark. Uh, Chevelle was was fighting in Denmark, and I ended up in this service elevator trying to With find. Him. I got lost, and he walks in right. <laughs> he. I made a mistake by getting on the service elevator. He had to get on the service because of his size. And and I just look up at this guy, and he, even his face, He's and just he was so, he was frightening. He, he to, remi- look look at I met Shaquille O'Neal at the at the fight that um, the month before. Uh, what's her, what's the blonde chick's name that died in the Hard Rock Hotel? Um, uh, you know the one the reality star. Shaq was sitting two down from her, and I met Shaq. And Shaq's a big, humongous guy, but he's friendly and overwhelming right, and stuff. Right. And this, uh, what's what's the fighter's name? I can't remember. Valuev. Yeah, Valuev is the scariest. And, he is. And, and, and the thing is, is he's a really nice guy. Sweet. You'd never know it. And Alex, you know Boris Karloff, like you know, like that's him. That I mean, he could, he could, he could. You get him his 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 guild card, and and he could do well, you know. But he was a massive, and it's a shame because he he didn't have any talent either, and and he would he reminded me more. Of you know um, uh, the 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 typical the harder they fall character you know the the big monster guy that uh, you know <laughs> didn't really have well skill. he wasn't he wasn't a mean a mean guy or anything but Fury uses all of that six nine man I was just when I had that volume up today and I was just listening maybe it's you know they they had ambient mics in there and I'm listening to you and I know all that stuff but it just he just I said to myself man he's overwhelming. Uh, you know, Wilder, and 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 a guy that's going to compete with him now is going to have to be, uh, it's going to have to overwhelm him in a weird way. He's going to have to hit him with uppercuts. He's going to have to get inside. He's going to have to do a bunch of stuff. I don't know if Usyk's got it. I didn't see enough from Usyk to say that that's a guy can stand up to Tyson Fury and do all that stuff. I mean, he's, I only saw the one fight. That's all I've seen him fight. But he's a smart, smart guy. What do you think, Dax? You've been on the Usyk went. Wa- wa- wagon for a long time. Usyk is a lot bigger. He's not obviously Tyson Fury big, but Usyk's a lot bigger than he looks in person if you've ever met him. He's actually huge. Um, Not too long ago, I remember Kelly Pavlik saying that on the night that he beat Joshua, he doesn't know where they get their stats from because he showed a picture of him next to Usyk. And Kelly Pavlik's a big guy and he looked more like a welterweight next to Usyk. And Kelly Padlick walks around at about 185 now. 
But when Usyk, with that mobility and the turning, I don't think it would be an exciting fight. I just think it would be a fight where he made Deontay, um, not Deontay Wilder, I'm sorry, he would make Tyson Fury consistently try to land on him, and it would be an ugly fight. There would be um, where Tyson Fury would more or less have to pull a Vladimir Klitschko and just maul him and keep him pinned down and use uppercuts and throw him against the ropes and do what... Um, Klitschko did to um, Povetkin, shove him down on the mat and just hope that he has a referee that's not going to uh, disqualify him just because Usyk is just so agile. What do you think, Alex? Uh, yeah, I think that um, I think I agree with some of that, what, what, what Dak said, that I think that it could be a very dull fight. I think it, it's sort of like a maybe a same-sex dance party. Who who leads? Um because I think that's the thing. It's like, who would be the one pressing the action? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and I think that would be these tremendous lulls. Um, but I do think, I think Usyk is incredibly skilled. I think he might be the best. Uh, I think he's the best fighter pound for pound in the world right now. Um, but I don't have, I don't put heavyweights on my pound. For but pound. but there's so, an asterisk with him. He moved up to heavyweight. Remember? Right, right. Yeah, but, we, I mean, we had that conversation. Yeah, yeah that so was. Hey, why. come on, that was like, that was two weeks ago conversation. Right. Alex. So that's what is I it? Would, the time difference would, with you? What is you different would, thinking in no, Chicago? No, no, no. What, what? I, I didn't finish. Uh, that's why Tyson Fury would not be on my pound for pound list. So he is like in a different, you know, different echelon because he's the heavyweight champion of the world. Um, I do think that. Like has been said, I mean, he's six three, so he's not like he's not Mike Tyson size. Um, and I think the thing about the thing that would be what the size did not matter at all against Joshua, in part because I think Joshua erroneously fought small. Tyson Fury never fights small, so Usyk is going to have to reach up to hit him. So yeah, it's that's a great be point, difficult. Alex. It's right there, difficult. that fighting tall you know a 6-3 guy fighting tall is such a a difference there are tall guys that don't fight tall they fight downward and they yeah. and and they you know those are the guys that Mike Tyson used to just destroy those big you know those guys he was fighting in the 80s that were like 6-4 6-5 yeah but you know what yeah but guys and this goes back to the Klitschko brothers these guys, when the heavyweight division, when the complexion of the heavyweight division started changing, you know, Lennox Lewis was was a monster, but not many other guys were that big. But then it started changing. We started seeing bigger guys. The Klitschkos had to learn how to fight guys that were bigger. They became proficient fighting the smaller guys, punching down with their power. Then when the guys start, started stepping in the ring the same size, they struggled a little bit. And I think that um, a guy like Usyk, I thought that he, uh, even though AJ was bigger, and yes, um, Tyson Fury is going to be, uh, you know, a couple inches bigger than him. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue with Usyk. I think the issue with Usyk will simply be the size. Can Usyk stay away from Tyson? Listen, when Tyson Fury leans on these guys, it wears them down. It, it it wore down uh, Wilder. It wears down every opponent he's had. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, a couple other topics I wanted to touch real quick. Uh, In terms of scary fighters, I believe that Alexander Usyk is probably the scariest-looking fighter I've ever seen in my life. And he's well, a nice guy. But, you know, as we stated in the show after he um, 
beat Anthony Joshua, Bill, what would you do if he came to your house to pick up your daughter and said that you know, he'd bring her to the prom? It depends what look he, depends what look he has. I mean, he does have that that stare, and and I like the comment that he made once when he said uh, in the fight before AJ, he says they say how do you you know you, people say you you play mind games. He says I don't do anything. He says they build it up in their own minds and lose, and and it's true. But uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao, let's jump ship here. Um, Manny Pacquiao announced his retirement. Um, I think that's a great thing for Manny. I, I, you know, it's too bad he went down. His last fight was a loss. It's happened to a lot of great fighters. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on, on the retirement of Manny Pacquiao? Alex, you can start off. Uh, I'm definitely happy that, you know, he's calling it a career. Um, good luck to him, uh, cause I think he's get starting a much, much more, uh, just dirty, corrupt, dangerous career. He's going into politics. Yeah. I know. Um, so uh, I do think, you know, it, if he thought the Agapito Sanchez fight was uh, was um, down and dirty in the mud, wait till he runs for president. Um, but I do think that um, I, I'm glad, you know, that he's doing it, that he's, you know, still intact. Um, he had a hell of a career. Um you know, I we haven't seen Manny Pacquiao in a long time, but um, he should have walked away after after he 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 won the title back when when he beat Thurman, or I guess they stripped him. I don't know what I can't follow the WBA. I don't know. You can, I saw a WBA belt in the gumball machine the other day, but uh, <laughs> what do you? I mean, I, I'm never going to remember the Thurman fight. I'm never going to remember the Ugas fight. Ugas fight. When people talk about Manny Pacquiao, I'll remember that Barrera fight. I'll remember the Lolo Ludwaba fight. I'll remember the Morales fights, the Marquez yeah. fights. You know, he, yep, he's uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Dax, what do you think? I think it's – I would have loved to see him retire after the Thurman fight. I love to see all fighters – I remember Alex making fun of me because um, the one year when Orlando Salido lost his last fight and it was such a war. And I would have loved – when, when guys put so much into the sport like Pacquiao and that – I don't care because I think they've earned their bones to go out on an easy fight and just to go out on a win. You know, like think about Ali and when you're younger, just think about how much you hate Trevor Burbick, even though you've never met him because he beat Ali. You know, so I would rather see Manny Pacquiao go out the way he did than for the last memory of Manny Pacquiao, especially for this next era, who is more focused on watching the history of the sport on YouTube the first thing that they're going to pull up would be Manny Pacquiao being face-planted by some unheard-of fighter who has retired with a record of 3-17 and 17 because Manny Pacquiao decided to stay around a little bit too long. Bernard Hopkins, most people in 20 years are going to remember him being knocked out of the ring by Joe Smith Jr. rather than the Bernard Hopkins that was so dominant at 160 pounds. Only younger, only younger generations. John, what do you think of Pacquiao's retirement? Awesome, and it's great. What I like about it is he's given himself a solid way to escape boxing. If he wins as president, so I, I, after he said he wanted to run, I, I was Googling around trying to see. He's pretty popular. He's got a very good chance to win. And if he wins as president, he's never going to come back and box, and that's great. 
Yeah. Because when these guys are broke and they don't have money and they cut, they got to come back and keep doing stuff. You know, it's just I was watching Roy Jones today on YouTube talking, and I go, "Oh man, he's mumbling, and I can't even understand him." And you know, after Tarver beat him, that was the day he should have walked away from boxing, and we would all said, "All right, he took a." Tarver hit him with a punch, but what a great career. Instead, I don't know how many, Alex, five, six, seven knockouts later, terrible knockouts. And he's, and he's, you know, and I know the guy. And, and the guy's a fraction of his, his ability. The Danny Green fight. Yeah, and he's he's mumbling on YouTube, and I go, oh, God. It's because they, they got to have money, and they got to come back and fight. And watching Holyfield, you know, stumble around two weeks ago, I just go, mm. We we almost got to draft a law and say no more. It's you know lit. you know the whole thing with with Sal when he couldn't fight in Georgia because they said if you're 50 and you got to have all these fights, you know we shouldn't have let Sal fight, but we did. Here's but, the you know it, it, the the truth of the matter, John. I don't mean to cut you off, but the truth of the matter is, when you're an elite athlete, it's not just boxing; it's all sports. When you when you're an elite athlete, and unless you are one. And none of us are, <laughs> so we can't really we can't really put ourselves in in that mindset. Uh, but when you're an elite athlete and you've been used to being the best from from uh, Pop Warner in football all the way through your pro career, it's hard to hang up those cleats or those boxing gloves, you know, because your 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 youth you learn from the mistakes you made at your in your youth, and then when you reach a, a, an older age, you have all this knowledge. Uh, but you don't have the body anymore. You don't have the reflexes. You don't have the or speed. the money. You know, well, or the money. well, the money is a big thing. And don't no, the and, money's and, always it, Billy. These uh, guys are fighting because they don't have money. I know some of these guys personally. They're broke. That's why they're doing this stuff. That is the reason that you know some guys come. You know, Sal didn't need the money, but Sal was. But these other guys I was just mentioning. They need the money. That's why they're doing it. That's the only reason they're doing it. Holyfield went broke, man. I when Holyfield was fighting for us, he had a fifty room house there. I talked with his wife on a regular basis. Eighteen bedrooms in that house and Yes, in, and I was talking with his wife Janice on a regular basis. They fired the staff, they put their money together. The guy went completely broke. That's that's why he's fighting. You see him, he's on that show on CNBC, you know, that with the guys there that are advising him on his money. Uh, you know, um, Alex Rodriguez is advising him what to do with his money because he doesn't have any money. <laughs> that is he, a smart I, guy. He's just <laughs> legislated and stop it. Yeah, Somebody's going to get some. One of these guys going to get killed in the ring doing this shit. Well, yeah. and it's, it's hard for, and I've been told this by Gabrielles, who Billy knows. I did a long series of stories with. I asked him one time, what do you miss the most about the sport? And he said, there's no feeling that I can imagine possible when your music cues and you have 30,000 people screaming to see you. And if you go, you've been to a Canelo fight and see the way 100,000 people erupt, or if you go and you look at the Vladimir Klitschko um, entrances on YouTube, when there's 95,000 people just literally going crazy just because they see your face and that music cues in the background. Literally, I've had fighters tell me it's like a drug. And, you know, for some guys, they just it want it like just one more time. Man. They just want it one more time. They want that feeling one more time. Yeah, yeah well, mean, man. well the, pro the problem is, is and, and again, I'm not just going to point the finger at, at, at boxers because other sports, uh, they do the same thing. They, they, because athletes, elite athletes, are young 
and they start getting all this money. And quite frankly, they start, you know, raising their lifestyle and everything else. When those when that gravy chain, when that money stops and boxing, it's more noticeable because it stops so abruptly that money train stops. But the problem most of them make is their level of living does not stop. They still have the 50 room house John was just talking about. They still have the staff they got to pay. And when you're not making 10 million dollar paydays, that money goes a lot quicker. And, you know, when you have all those leeches hanging on you and you, you slip in them money, it goes a lot quicker. And then all of a sudden, there's no more uh, source to replenish it. That's the problem. Handful of smart guys, professional athletes. Lennox Lewis tops. The, he never spent a penny. Uh, Gronk, the, the football player, he never spent a, a penny yet. You know, there are some smart athletes that had the, the, the foresight to see that and, and save uh, uh, some money. So I, I think... Again, Gronk. My, Gronk is Gronk. a smart athlete. Well, I'm, with I'm his money, I'm with his sorry, money. that was a, that was a cheap shot. Hey, he, he's, he's you know, but okay. Nick smart. Both Klitschko brothers are same thing. Genuine. Same thing. Um, PhDs. Marco Antonio Barrera came from a rich family. Marco Antonio Barrera actually, I believe, dropped out of law school to become a fighter. Um, That's right. With, he did. Um, he did. Same with Ricardo Lopez. And Ricardo Lopez was a super. Ricardo smart Lopez guy. and, no, and um, Juan Diaz. Juan Diaz, baby bull, baby bull. Yeah, baby bull dropped out yep. to the A. So there are some guys that are generally intelligent. Well, the question is, did they return to law school afterwards? You know, most of them probably didn't. But <laughs> one, I got another uh, topic I wanted to ask you guys. And, and I, I know this is the hottest topic in, in all of sports. I forget boxing, but uh, rumor has it that <clears throat> we're going to see Oscar De La Hoya against Floyd Mayweather Jr. rematch. Um, Oscar offered $100 million to Floyd. And Floyd said, if you have that, I'll fight you. The question is, does he have it? Do you think that fight's ever going to materialize, John? No, no, and I don't want to see it, man. De La Hoya <laughs> was way past his prime, way past his prime. What do you think he's possibly going to do that's going to be exciting? No, I don't want to see it. I, he's not going to fold up $100 million to Floyd. And Floyd, by the way, said $100 million wasn't enough, I read, um, for it. I don't want to see it. I'm not paying for it. I didn't pay for Jake Paul or any of these other crap. I didn't either. I put, my, put my foot down. No, don't want to see it. Not going to pay. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, not interested, and I doubt very much that it would happen. Dax, I I have zero interest at all. <laughs> I wonder who. I want, aside from Oscar. Hey, the best thing that happened to Oscar is he got COVID and didn't yeah, have to fight I that last fight talk. because that last fight he probably would have uh, not made out too well. Remember? I honestly believe that, and I've heard from other people. Inside boxing circles, that's the reason why he was actually trying to get a fight with Canelo is because Oscar was having money problems. Yeah, no, that makes the most sense actually. But uh, uh, anyway, I I have uh, an e I keep getting these uh, messages from uh, a, a longtime listener, uh, my main my man Augie uh, from uh, Riverhead, Long Island, and and he keeps saying, "Well, what's going on with the uh, welterweight division?" He says. Uh, uh, you know, when's this guy Porter going to fight? When's Crawford going to fight? So I'd like to tell you, Augie, they're fighting, and they're fighting each other November 20th. I love this fight. I love this fight, fellas. Uh, I think Terrence Crawford uh, doesn't get enough credit. 
and neither does Sean Porter. And I think that this is a really good matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what do you guys think, Dax? My question has always been, just like with, I thought Sean Porter beat Keith Thurman, and Errol Spence Jr. was lucky to get past him. Sean Porter is his own worst enemy because we know that he swarms and he's not accurate. If Sean Porter can, he has the best stamina in the whole in the whole sport. There's no way you can convince me differently. If Sean Porter can be just slightly accurate and maintain that stamina, I think that he can beat Terrence Crawford. I'm not saying he's more talented than Terrence Crawford. I just think Terrence Crawford has never experienced somebody who comes straight forward, has such a solid chin, such a high gas tank, and that's going to be right in his face. And Sean Porter, remember, is physically strong. We mentioned Alexander Usyk before. Sean Porter actually defeated Alexander Usyk in the amateurs when they were young. That, uh, I mean, Alex, I'm sorry, um, we've said that, and all, all of us have said uh, in, on the show in the past, that uh, Crawford has this mean streak about him, you know, when he steps into that ring. Um, Porter doesn't seem like a mean guy, uh, but maybe that will help him, because I agree with Dax. Porter comes at you, he's throwing punches, you're going to get headbutt, you're going to get busted up. Um, how does Crawford do against Sean Porter? Uh, I think he wins, but I think he's definitely tested. Um, I, I, I do think Terrence Crawford is one of the very best in the sport, probably top three, pound for pound, top four. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say probably more like four because I'd put Inouye and Canelo ahead of him. Um, but, uh, and I already mentioned Usyk. Um, but I do think that um, this is a really good fight. Uh, I'm very happy that it's going to happen. Um, it, we, it's been too long since we've seen Terrence Crawford uh, fight, and it's very disappointing that he's not fighting Errol Spence. But I would say, you know, um, one of the top welterweights in the world fighting one of you know another top five guy in the world is is pretty awesome. So I'm very happy with that fight. John, I liked one of the comments that one of the many, 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 many commentators on tonight's broadcast said um, uh, about this fight. They said, uh, well, Sean Porter is crossing the lines to fight Terrence Crawford. And it was a tongue-in-cheek comment about the PBC fighters because they don't seem to fight outside the PBC I like the fact that they are. Is it a win or a lose, a loss for uh, Terrence Crawford? I, not so much the fight, but do you think he was forced to cross the line? Well, uh, what other fight? What other fight does he take? And by the way, Sean Porter is a pretty good announcer on those broadcasts. I, I'm, very I'm good. liking him yes. more very good. and more as he talks. But I, I'm and I'm going to go. And back he's got to energy agree, too. I, I agree exactly with what Dax said about Sean Porter is. Well, first of all, it's the fight that Crawford needs to take. I mean, what, what what else is there? That's the fight he needs to take. Well, nobody really wants to fight him. You're right. Well, that's the thing. And Sean Porter, Sean Porter always seems like, is it me or does he always seem like a bigger guy in the ring than whatever weight he's fighting at? Yeah, I always get that. He's one of those guys that just looks bigger than he is. When, at welterweight. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's, I don't know. He just looks like a, I don't know. He, he he just looks like a bigger guy. So, yeah, that's, you know, look at I'm looking forward to it. There's not a lot of great fights here. We saw a great fight tonight, but that's, I think that's going to be pretty, I don't think that's going to be a letdown. I think that fight's going to be pretty good. We got to see what Terrence Crawford's all about, man. You got to, you don't know anything until he gets knocked down and see what he does. 
Crawford's never, I mean, um, Porter's never been in a dull fight. Can you name one? Right. Yeah, it's true. No, it's just, everything's been Yeah, good. he's a grinder. He's hyper-competitive. Yeah, I, I think, it, how could it not be a good one? Yeah. And I think the, the layoff of Crawford kind of helps uh, add some intrigue into it. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. And the much. difference with this, then, a lot of the modern thing is neither Terrence Crawford nor Sean Porter are trash talkers and shit talkers insulting. These guys are just all business and they're oh, gentlemen. Yeah, class, class yeah. prize fighters. But, yep. but when get in there in a hurry. And, and they deliver, they deliver in performance and they deliver in energy as much as they deliver in class, which we don't see very much anymore. I, I just think, I just think that it's a typical tougher fight for Terrence Crawford. Because if you look at the the uh, the welterweight division, Errol Spence Jr., I mean, a lot of people question what's going to happen with him. Plus, you know, he's a bigger guy. I mean, it doesn't look like he wants any part of Terrence Crawford, at least uh, for another several years. And then you got Ugas, who, uh, you know, just lost his bid to have a rematch with Manny. Um, I mean, maybe fight a guy like Ugas and, and, and you know, uh, unify a title and then force Errol Spence. I don't know. I think Sean Porter is a tough fight uh, for anybody. Um, I, I do agree that I, I like the fact that Terrence Crawford is fighting him uh, only because, you know, uh, Terrence Crawford gets criticized by people that don't know the sport saying he's he's had an easy rise to the top, and it's not true. He's had a tough, tough opponents, I think. I think his level of opposition has been extremely he tough. He had it tough at 140. At 147, Sean Porter actually has the best resume. Kell Brook was not the version of Kell Brook that Errol Spence beat. Um, Keith Thurman was at his absolute best. Errol Spence was before Errol Spence got into the car accident. He had the fight with Ugas and go on and on and on. You know, win or lose, Sean Porter has, you know, the toughest resume at 147, and he's never been dominated. No, he hasn't. Uh, but I, I was just referring to, you know, we've heard it from uh, from fans all the time about TC. So, anyway, any final thoughts, uh, Dax? No, I just, my final thoughts are just, you know what? Deontay Wilder, I haven't heard any post-fight comments, but I do believe no matter what he said, and a lot of people, as you stated, get into his ear. He mimics a lot of stuff what people say. Deontay Wilder, in a loss tonight, has redeemed himself in my eyes. I'm not going to say that puts him up there. in skill-wise, I'm just talking about in terms of a pure fighter. Deontay Wilder showed tonight he's to the bone. He has the heart of a pure fighter. He's not a quitter, and he's willing to go out on the shield. And I think looking at the way he went out tonight – the talk over the year, and a lot of people were saying, oh, it's just talk. It's not really. I actually believe the thing that bothered Deontay Wilder the most about the last fight is he wasn't able to go out like he did tonight, that they stopped the fight. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he was in He was in some serious trouble. Any final thoughts, Alex? Um, I think I'd just like to say, well, one thing I did miss, the knockdown. We, uh, we actually turned it because uh, the Berlanga fight was um, – so one-sided and we had uh my two nephews were like um it was so one-sided in whose favor in berlanga's favor it seemed like but then um but then i i guess i didn't realize that he dropped them <laughs> you, uh, you must have been watching berlanga on youtube from one of his last fights 
<laughs> no but fun. Yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, so well, I mean, that was, was your final thought. That, yeah, so <laughs> I I would like to uh, catch catch the last couple of rounds of that because we did change it. Um, but then um, the I, last couple of, rounds of Fury Wilder. No, of the Berlanga fight because oh, I missed. I, I didn't. I don't see care about Berlanga. I'm talking about Fury and and right. So free, that, all right. So come on, let's stick. With, let's stick with boxing. <laughs> it is boxing. Oh, oh, oh. Um, no, but the fight so we yeah, watched. So yeah, so Fury Wilder. I mean, I would definitely like to see Fury fight Usyk um, because you know then we'd have a unified heavyweight champ, undisputed heavyweight champion. Uh, right now, you know that's Tyson Fury. Um, and I think that, you know, he, he did what I thought he would do, would knock uh, Wilder out. I thought he would do it easier. He did not do it easier. Uh, and that's to Wilder's credit. And uh, we should be all happy about that. So I am. What do you think, John? Three things we learned tonight. We learned that Wilder has exactly the amount of skill that we thought he has always had. We learned that he's got a crap load of heart. Uh and we also learned that boxing every once in a while can bring us back to the old days and make us excited and make my vo voice hoarse yelling for Deontay Wilder to finish off Fury and make one of the greatest comebacks. It didn't happen, but it was almost there. So that's what we learned tonight. I think we also learned that the T-Mobile Arena might be the place uh, for boxing here in the States. Uh, they seem to be wanting to get uh, all the big fights. Um, I, I, uh, I, I still don't know why we need nine commentators on a broadcast. John, could you imagine doing an event and having nine people to deal with and, and, no, and coordinate? That's a, and, I, and, that, and, that, and that girl, that British girl, whoever she is. Oh, I love, I love Kelly Abdu. I, you I, do? I'll, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, Bro, it's the Heidi Andrel. We can, we can that, do way better than that, man. I, all the I, way around. I, I think Heidi Andrel is nauseating. Um, I agree with all you guys that Sean Porter was good. They did have to mix up uh, the ESPN and and the normal uh, uh, broadcast of, of the of the pay per views. You know, Brian Kenny is always top notch. I, I've always liked Lennox Lewis as a commentator. yeah, he's good. Yeah, Lennox Lewis I, I, is good. I, I, I kind of found Brian Kenny a little bit disturbing with the way he was praising Edward Belanga. Well, I, I I wasn't. I'm not crazy about Andre Ward. Uh, Max Kellerman, I think he just had to do the time there. He just didn't. He just didn't seem. I don't know. He just seemed either they had him on a short leash like they used to do at HBO, or or he was just thinking about being someplace else. He looks uh, annoyed. You know, uh, my man Larry Hazard was scoring the fights just like myself. Uh, Bernardo Osuna, uh, eh, he didn't do too many roll-offs uh, tonight. Not not with the card that they had, and like I said, Andrew. Uh, was uh, was nauseating, but uh, I, I just I have one last thing I want to mention, and really uh, has nothing to do with tonight's card. Um, I, I got an email from a longtime listener, uh, Mr. James Keister, JamesKeister.com. Check it out; he's got some interesting stuff up there. And he said, and, and it's basically about my book. He said, uh, Billy, I just finished reading your book again, and the best parts are when you wrote about the fights, especially Crib against Molinex uh, Molino One. Molinex, Molino One. Uh, it felt like I was, and I wrote the book, and I can't even pronounce his name. Um, it felt like I was watching the fights. No kidding. I realized it wasn't key to the overall point you were making. 
and he puts in parentheses that Molino was robbed of his place in history. But I would have enjoyed reading a description of the Donnelly versus Cooper fight. Do you have such a write-up? Seriously, if you wrote a book of descriptions of pre-fight films with pre uh, backgrounds leading up to the fight, I'd certainly buy one, that book in a heartbeat. You know, you gave me some ideas, Jim, uh, uh, about that because some of the early fights, the bare knuckle, the Tom Molino era, um, I do have uh, ring accounts and stuff, and that is an interesting point um, to uh, to put it all together because that was one of my main goals in that book, and Alex knows uh, that uh, as well, that I wanted to have those descriptions of the fight to make the reader feel uh, like he was there. So I appreciate you noticing that. And as far as the Don Lee Cooper fight, the most detailed uh, version you can get is in the book uh, about Donnelly uh, that was written. And if you drop me an email, Billy at Talking Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, I'll give you all the information. I would give it to you now but it's not in my mind right now. So I'll give you all the information of exactly how to get it. Uh, but uh, uh, I really appreciate that. Appreciate Is that Dan idea. Donnelly's arm still on display? You know, you know that's a whole thing in itself. That's why it's worth to read that book. It was stolen. Remember, oh, it was wow. stolen through the years and stuff. Uh, uh, but it is on display. It was recovered. Um and and for all of you that don't know what Alex is talking about, uh, Donnelly was a huge fan favorite in Ireland. And um, at that time, gr uh, grave stealing uh, was, was popular because the uh, medical field didn't have uh, cadavers, I guess. They had to steal them from the grave or it was illegal to practice on whatever the case was. Uh, so th there was a lot of that going on. But with Donnelly... Somebody, they think, and if you read that book, they think that it was surgically removed and then found its way for a long time, over 150 years, circling around in different displays. It was stolen. Some people think it's not really his anymore, but it is an interesting uh, story. Did you read that book, the Dan Donnelly book? No, but I, I of course had to had to look into the arm. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm a morbid guy, and yeah. that's a morbid yeah. story. Patrick, the book, uh, it's 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 all coming to me. Patrick Myler is the is the author of the book, and uh, punch it up, Dan Donnelly. It's a it's a great read. But uh, anyway, listen, fellas, I appreciate you joining me tonight, and uh, we certainly had a great fight to talk about, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, where. Uh, these two guys go from here, but we'll certainly be back uh, next big fight. What is the next big fight, Dax? The next big fight is, I, you know what, I have to look. I'll tell you right now. Well, I know Porter is in November. I think there's another fairly big uh, fight uh, yeah, that's not, that. not, that's not until uh, November. Uh, November 20th. Uh, Jamel Herring and uh, Shakir Stevenson are on the 23rd. Yeah, what about Canelo? He's fighting... Um, yeah, that's in that, that's in November too. So we're gonna have a busy November. Yeah, we are gonna have a busy November. Um, the sixteenth, we have a um, great card in uh, the cruiserweight card in uh, Lativia. That's on. Um, but unfortunately, the U.S. fans don't appreciate the cruiserweights. But uh, I love the cruiserweights. The uh, the um the unification bout between oh, oh on on the fifteenth we have uh, Manuel Navarrete against uh, Joel Gonzalez. That's Friday night, right? That's a Friday night. This yeah. Friday? Yeah. Huh. Well, listen, maybe we'll be uh, more busy than I thought in October, but November is going to be a busy month. 
that it is. November, we had a lot, a lot of great fights in November and to close out the year. And um, December, um, Lomachenko returns, and Lomachenko's going to fight Richard Comey. That ought to be an interesting I, I love Lomachenko. I know he fought recently. That was uh, under the radar of mine anyway, but... All right, and, 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 you know Demet and Demetrius Andrade has proven once again why Canelo's ducking him because he'll be facing the ever dangerous nobody knows Jason Quigley. Yeah, <laughs> Dax, I appreciate it. Keep up the good work, uh, Alex. What was your What were you going to say? I was just going to say, you know what else happens in November? Tofurky. To huh? I don't get it. Tofurky, like instead of Thanksgiving turkey, it's Tofurky. Oh, for you! Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. Un, that's unfortunate for you. I thought it you was were gonna self-deprecating joke. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you enjoy that tofurkey. You know, uh, uh, I'll have my usual turkey and lasagna and everything else. That's that's always tough to have shows in November, but uh, uh, I appreciate it. I know you're uh, traveling. Give my best to your brother, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, Alex. Will do. Good night, John. Good Take night. Care. All right, later, guys. John, any final thoughts? Nothing. Great night of boxing. I was happy to see it. It was worth the 80 bucks. I'll tell you that much. Definitely. Yeah, the one fight. The one fight. The one fight. The, the rest of the card didn't really do much for me. Nope. Not uh, much, but it, it was worth it. That 80 bucks was worth that fight. I mean, uh, uh, I, I do I do want to see more Frank uh, Sanchez. I think Ajagba has potential as well. I, I, I think similar to the rise of, of Deontay Wilder. Uh, he's been pretty protected in tonight. He fought uh, you know, another guy that's better than obviously his team thought. But I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where Robert Helenas goes. Um, I know they're talking about he's him. He's an interesting guy, that Helenas. Yeah. He looks he, like a guy, if you could train him, boy, he has pinpoint accuracy and he's big and tall. I'd like to see him fight Tyson Fury. Well, he's, he's, like pro he's probably going to fight Usyk. He's probably going to yeah, be. Yeah, no, next that's what it looks opponent. like, right? He's the mandatory for Usyk, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they yeah. said for the WBA. Yeah. But uh, anyway, John, thanks for okay. coming on. Right, I appreciate brother. it, and uh, yeah. I look forward to you next time. All right, man. Later. All right, take care. That's uh, John Muskiunas, uh joined uh, tonight by uh, my normal crew, uh, my man Alex and, and Dax, and, of course, uh, uh, John Muskiunas, uh stopped by and gave us his thoughts. Um, in case you just tuned in or in case you've been under a rock, the third fight, Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder, ended in dramatic fashion. Uh, Tyson Fury knocked out Wilder at uh, 1 minute and 10 seconds of the 11th round. Uh, Fury now improves to uh, 31 wins, no losses, one draw. 22 of his wins come by knockout. Deontay Wilder drops the second fight of his career, both of his losses uh, at the hands of Tyson Fury. He's now 42 wins, two losses, and one draw. The draw also at the hands of Tyson Fury. Uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Um, you know, I look forward to the next time. And uh, I'll say this, just make sure you tune in next time, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.